Welcome to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. Our show is all about the exciting world of real estate, and in particular, how it relates to the lucrative New York market. But if you're not planning a real estate transaction in New York, we still have plenty of information that you can use no matter where you are. Now, here's your host, Vince Rocco. Okay, good morning, everyone. We are coming to you live from Smash Studios here in Hudson Yards in New York City as Good Morning New York gets underway on this Tuesday morning. We are back live in studio after our two-month break with a great transition from summer to fall. It was nice to breathe a little as this show takes a village to prepare and broadcast each week, but the truth be told, I couldn't stay away much longer. I missed the panel, although I see many of them throughout the course of my week and life, and I've missed all of you, my listeners. I do not really like to talk about ratings or numbers on the air, but as we left off in August, we achieved our highest monthly numbers ever. Woo! Beyond unbelievable. Yeah. Truly remarkable, uh, and that's all a yeah. testament to you, my listeners. Uh, I get great feedback about all of these characters sitting here in the room every day, so <laughs> I can understand where the listenership comes from. I can't tell you how many emails and private text messages I received during our break about where the hell are you? Are you coming back? You guys have been greatly missed. True. Very true. We so, miss being here. So as we begin Season 6 today, I thank each and every one of you who have dedicated five and a half years already to listening to Good Morning New York Real Estate with me and all my guests and especially this very talented and dedicated supporting cast, Mike Panel. My goal this season and as we move through 2020 is to grow even bigger. We can and we will do it, so let's get right at it. At this hour, in a buyer's market, there are more homes for sale than there are people shopping for them, unfortunately. This means that buyers have the upper hand since there are plenty of other choices out there, but is it a good time to buy a home just because it's a buyer's market? Should you rush to buy right now? We are going to discuss our thoughts on this and plenty of other things. But first, I'd like to welcome my listeners in the United States and around the world. Uh, you are listening to Good Morning New York, and I am Vince Rocco. In the news this morning, Jennifer Lawrence, uh, the Hunger Games star who most recently made headlines for her marriage and uh, a few other things, has listed a secret penthouse on the Upper East Side, according to the New York Post. Secret, that's the operative word here. Ooh. Secret. I, I still don't know the address. Until now, no one knew that Lawrence was even the owner of that property. Originally listed for $15.45 million, the price has gone down to $14.25 million. Lawrence paid $15.6 million in, the purchase, uh, in, in that purchase in 2016, and that's according to the New York Post. The location for the price point, though, is not prime. That stretch of the uh, the Upper East Side, First Avenue in the East 60s, has not changed much since the 1990s, although the Upper East Side has long been the coveted location for the extremely wealthy. It uh, is losing some of its cultural cachet as former industrial ghost towns like Soho and Tribeca attract the young and newly wealthy. The millionaire Starlet also owns an investment property in Tribeca, which she is currently renting. The odds are not in her favor. They're not. 60th and 1st? Who spends that kind of money there? Correct. Mm. Well, don't you, isn't that where the Claire is? Yeah, I was going to say, be careful. Is it the Claire? Did you sell her the penthouse? But 15 million? We're on 2nd Avenue. He's very close. Isn't that the black building? The famous black mirrored building that's right next to the bridge? I think uh, isn't yeah, that what that is? That by the Bed Bath and Beyond. That's yeah, a, yeah, I think it's actually a really pretty it's, building it's if you can take everything building. around it away. Well, but look at the location. Anna makes <laughs> a point. Talking about look at the location. Tower? It's not no. so. Lo- it's not so great. No, I've, I've got Bridge Tower. And it's oh. easy access to the Hamptons, though I believe, right? 
Uh, that's about the only thing. Well, that's if you're Jennifer cool. Lawrence, you're a helicopter. Right. Exactly. <laughs> regardless. Correct. Anyway, while sales activity continues to slow down, the month of October saw more price drops across neighborhoods than the month prior, according to a recent report by Realty Hub. Manhattan saw the highest number of price drops within the uh, boroughs, with five of its neighborhoods making the list. Turtle Bay uh, East in Midtown came in at the top, rounding out the top five neighborhoods with the highest number of price drops are the Upper East Side, Carnegie Hill area, not Yorkville and Lower, uh, Hudson Yards, Chelsea, Flatiron, and Union Square clumped together, which is kind of bizarre, uh, the Upper West Side, and then the West Village in that order of price drops. The waterfront park on Manhattan's west side is set to grow again. City officials are in talks with the New York Police Department to relocate a tow pound at Pier 76 to make way for a new section of Hudson River Park. The city reported on Wednesday last week that while nothing has been approved yet for the site, which sits adjacent to the Javits Center, officials last month presented a preliminary proposal to Manhattan Community Board 4, signaling the beginning of a long-awaited plan to incorporate the pier into the park. In 2017, the Republican Tax Overhaul overhaul Federal Deductions for State and Local Taxes, or SALT, were capped at $10,000. The tax, in part, has prompted a migration of people from places like New York to Florida, for example. Taxes combined with rising home prices and rents are too burdensome for many to bear. Census Bureau data from 2018 shows approximately 200,000 residents left New York last year, and the city leads all metro areas in the country as the largest outflow of people leaving every day. That's more than double the number of last year's count. But I'm curious what the inflow is. Well, I was going to ask you that in a, in a bit, but that's a very good point. You know, there's always in and yeah, out. Yeah, that's how New York is. It's like people are leaving, people are coming. Oh, I assume that was the net. That's that's no, just the oh no no yeah. no. That's just yeah. the outflow. I'm sure it's the biggest outflow because it's the biggest city, right? Like, yeah, it's of course. the biggest outflow because of the biggest. Not city. everyone can make it here. And you know they're trying to make a point in their news articles. Right. So, you know, that, that's <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> However, <laughs> Douglas Elliman, CEO Dottie Herman points to the multitude of taxes New Yorkers face. Quote, you have a millionaire's tax, a mansion tax, flip tax, and it gets to the point where it doesn't make any sense. And you know what? She's right. There is a whole host of new taxes that or taxes that existed that are now increased that are crazy. And finally, New York City's transfer tax revenue is already taking a hit from the sudden drop in apartment sales. Property tax revenue, however, is unlikely to be affected for several years. The implications to these transaction taxes are immediate. During the state's fiscal year from uh, April of 2018 to March of 2019, it collected $1 billion in property transfer taxes, of which $707 million was from New York City alone. $707 million from New York City alone. But now the city's investment uh, sales from the second to third quarter of 2019 is off 35%, and so is the tax revenue. Oh, well, I say. However, I wonder how they plan to recoup those expenses. Mm-hmm. Where is it all going to come from? Mm-hmm. Somebody's pockets, right? Commuters. Well, we're already paying those, that surcharge. Yeah, but that'll, that'll just keep going up. It goes up. I mean, it goes up constantly. Uh-huh. Well, you know, listen, they, you know, there's a whole bunch of other things that they're 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 talking about increasing in this town tax wise. Um, Peter Tear tax conversations coming back again. So, you know, we thought we got rid of that conversation killer. a while ago and yeah, here we got mansion tax increases. Well, That'd be such a killer. Well, but 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 uh, fear not. What would I do? I'm just kidding. If they're taking a loss in revenue, then why keep adding taxes? It's just gonna decrease sales and decrease the tax flow. 
I agree. It's kind of it's backfiring. I agree. Well, they'll probably. I would say that they'll probably just increase property taxes on existing homes and existing residences. I would be shocked if they don't replace the revenue that way. I mean, the taxes are already onerous as it is, but at least that's a guaranteed built-in. Well, listen, I mean, you know, that that's something that happens naturally every year at the start of the year. And in fact, at the beginning of 2019, condo taxes in this town were increased out of control, by out of control yes. numbers. So I don't know how many more, how much more property tax can be increased without people really starting to push back and say, what the hell is going on here? People are already pushing back Correct. and saying, what the hell is so, going on here? So, I mean, I, I just don't understand how we can get by that. And by the way, you can't lower taxes. You can figure out how to maybe streamline building activities and either hold back the maintenance increases or even slightly decrease them. But you can't do that with real estate taxes. I mean, that's just what it is. So if they're high already based on what happened earlier this year and they get higher next year, and then on top of all of that, especially in new development Plus sales, you have 421A. Problems. You have 421A expiring. In a lot of different in buildings. A lot of the apartments I'm looking at with my buyers, the, the abatement is expiring in three, two years, four years, very, very soon. Absolutely. And some of the buildings that are coming out to market currently do not have 421A because that expired at the end of 15. Correct. Uh, and only a handful after that got, you know, these these 80-20 kind of, uh, you know, rent, uh, I'm sorry, uh, tax uh, situations. But, but 421A, the building I'm currently in, they broke ground in 15, so we got in under that wire. However, the new building coming out in the spring of next year that I'll be working on does not have a tax abatement, and those taxes on the Upper East Side are insane. Yeah. And that hurts the insane. investors, what Manny was saying, right? When you have the, the the tax breaks like that, or where you don't have them, then people, it just doesn't pencil out on a rental basis if you buy it and then rent it out. So, plus, Absolutely. if you have pied-a-terre tax on top of that, you know, it's over. It's over, as the big man says over there in the corner. It's over. <laughs> Speaking of which, we have Matthew Cohen from Halstead today, Anna Shagalaw from Halstead, Phil Horrigan from FreelyAndLeasebreak.com, Niall Lundgren from Compass, and Jordan Shea from Douglas Element. On his way is Ari Harkov from uh, Halstead as well. So, you know, as I told you guys in prep planning this week, I'm giving you the mic for the end of this segment and all of segment two. So let's talk about... Anything that has transpired in your life, real estate-wise or other, from summer, which is where we left off, to I guess we're smack in the middle of fall, almost the end of November, which I can't believe a turkey day coming up. What's going on? Well, outside of our um, own specific experiences, I thought it would be interesting as I was coming over here to, to talk about a topic that recently happened um, you know, yesterday or the day before on 60 Minutes. Um, day before, uh, sixty minutes. We're getting intellectual now. Well, no, I think it's really, I think it's really important to talk about what Jamie Diamond was talking about on sixty minutes about how he doesn't think we're going to have a recession. He's one of the you know smartest economists and and chief executives in the world of J.P. Morgan. For people who don't know who he is, and he you know was saying how we're in an age where we can't hit a recession and how you know we are becoming recession proof and how we have another easily thirty years of of staying strong. And I thought it was just a very interesting uh, conversation. I thought it was a very interesting viewpoint, especially with the election, you know, coming up next year. I don't necessarily agree with everything he said, but I definitely thought it was an interesting topic. I, I, I personally don't believe we're going to see a recession at all. There are a whole a whole bunch of things that has to happen before it actually, you know, people have been saying for years that it's coming in the next two years. How many years can you say that it's coming in the next two years yeah. before two years is in, just in an arbitrary number. 
But it is a bold, bold thing for him to say when media everywhere is saying the opposite. But I love it. We need some positivity. Do you know? Do you guys know Ray Dalias? Yeah. Yeah. Because he had a very He's the funniest guy on YouTube. Is he? One of them. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm not even aware <laughs> of that. Yeah, yeah. But but he's a what? No, but he's a uh, he's an investor, uh, one of the smartest of all time, billionaire investor. And he had something on LinkedIn recently. I suggest everyone reads. And it's interesting. It's almost the opposite of what of what you just said about what Jamie Dimon said, where he's kind of saying like, we're all effed basically. Like over the next, not that a recession is going to happen next year, the year after, but like just in general, since the financial crisis and since the government has been printing money and interest rates are so low and artificially low and just this kind of pressure that's building. State budgets are getting really, really stretched. Where's the money coming from? Like we just talked about, like this is like this big reckoning that he believes is going to happen. I don't know if it's going to happen or not, but it's just so interesting, right? Because Jamie Dimon is really smart. He's saying one thing. This guy is saying just the opposite. The truth is nobody really knows because People said that. I remember before the financial crisis and before the internet dot com bubble burst, people were saying like, this can go on forever. It's recession proof. This is like a new, it's a new economy. And then boom, it hits you. And everyone's like, what just happened? Well, that, you know? that's one of the things that this business is all about. I mean, it, it comes out of left field. It comes out of right field. It comes out of anywhere. You just don't know. And as I was telling somebody just the other day that the way the market has been so slow and so, you know, uh, n- crazy the last year and a half, two years, on a dime, that can and will change because that's how I have seen it in all the years I'm here. Anyway, let's hold it. Coming up after the break, we're going to talk more with the panel about whatever they want to talk about. But first, this is Good Morning New York on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We are coming right back, so don't go away. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. At Halstead, we know that what moves you is important. We're all about the power of transformation. We're revolutionizing the way people live and work. We are agents of change. We are the deal makers. We are the fearless negotiators. We are the future builders. So you can move to what moves you. I'm Jeff Goodman at Halstead, and I love Vince's show. I host a program of my own, but not about real estate. Rediscovering New York is about our city's great neighborhoods, their history, texture, and their current vibe through interviews with historians, business owners, and interesting neighborhood personalities. We're broadcast live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc and available on iTunes, Spotify, and other podcasts. Rediscovering New York with Jeff Goodman. I bring the city's great neighborhoods to life. It's not easy to make it big in New York City. It's even harder to sustain that success for decades. However, two teams have defied those odds due to their formulas for success. Both have all-star rosters performing at the top of their game. Each have an undying commitment to greatness, a willingness to evolve, superior training programs, and ownership that invests heavily in their product. It only seemed natural for the world's most valuable sports brand to partner with Halstead, a market leader in the New York metro area, and now proudly serving as the official luxury real estate firm of the New York Yankees.
the Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Good Morning New York, Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. Okay, everybody, we are back, and Ari Harkoff has made it to the studio. <laughs> so welcome and good morning. Thank you. Good All right, so we were talking about you know a whole bunch of you know uh, potential um recession, you know, economy changes, you know, going forward. I'm not so sure any of that's going to happen in the short term or in the immediate future. But what else is happening in the world of real estate here locally in all of your businesses? I mean, what, what, what's, what's, what's the deal these days? I mean, we're in November 2019. Um, we left off here in August. So what's happened between August and November? Well, I think bringing it back, like bringing the economy and matching it with the real estate, you know, market. Um, I was talking to one of my clients last week who is an economist and, and he was saying how, you know, it's an interesting time to be both in real estate and in finance because for once in a long time, we, we might hit an area or an arena next year where the markets are not actually parallel and they become a little more perpendicular and they, and they bend a little bit because we've always seen the real estate market really, you know, go along the economy and over the past year over the past you know and into the future I think that will shift I think that you're going to see a lot more of the real estate market kind of you know come down even flatten um, while the economy may still rise and may still continue to do well and I think that's an interesting you know way of just looking at it well that's exactly what's happening right now right yeah, I mean, there's definitely an inefficiency, and people with uh, liquidity and credit are starting to deploy it, I'm seeing, across the board, because they can tell that we have at least, I would say, and you can correct me, your own opinions, but I would say we have 12 to 18 months of a really nice soft run where people can take advantage of it. And especially, too, with the rents being so high in a lot of these buildings and sellers taking massive hits across the board because they overpaid – there's already built-in value there. And people are starting to look. Like I'm I'm working with probably four people. Like the investors, they're domestic. They're not international investors. And I think we need to also like look at the disparity between the two. Well, we'll get to that in, in a little bit because, uh, you know, as we've, we've known for a while now, um, <clears throat> the international investor is not there the way they used to be. I mean, there's some still out there. In fact, I just lost a deal at, at the Claire building where I'm selling. Um a foreign buyer, but uh, they decided to, after crazy negotiations and, and wacky negotiations and strong-arming developers and, and back and forth and back and forth, she decides she wants to live downtown. <laughs> unbelievable. Un- Sam. Uh, un- unbelievable. Why do you even look uptown when you want to live downtown, okay? And after I got her everything she, you know, effing wanted. At the end of the day, though, so that has... The, the foreign buyer kind of thing, I was surprised because I, I hadn't seen anybody from the other side of the world buying here in a while. Talk about vacations. Anybody go away? I know you just came back, Matthew, from a quick weekend, but any any good? And, and this one over here is, <laughs> is on a, a, what do you call it, a, 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 a veritable airplane or whatever? What am I on? 
Uh, and you what's have, a vacation? I know. Oh, I <laughs> you mean an arication? <laughs> Always on an airplane. Somebody. Vacation, I just I just got back from Tulum. Tulum. Yes, oh, I, I was there this summer. Yeah, so funny. You're the, I know someone else who just got back. Were you at a fitness thing? No, I was oh, not. I knew someone who just went there for like this boot camp thing. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's so many like health and wellness they, things, yes. yoga camps, meditation retreats. You know, they were um, the, they were the, the first really uh, in in Mexico to have all these medication meditation. I've been going for many many years there, and if you really wanted to meditate, yoga, I mean, whatever, at, that's, that's the, the place to do place it. Place to do it. Looks I, beautiful. The reason why I was down it's there is that so much, um, one of my good friends, actually my roommate from college is developing eight townhouses down there in Aldeo Zama, which is the uh, the residential neighborhood right behind the Strip in Tulum. So it was great just to go down there and see the project and the progress that he's making. There's no red tape like in New York. You know, yeah, I've sold, I've sold yeah. developers stuff like <laughs> earlier this year, and they're, they're like, just now we're finishing demo. He, he got this project six months ago, and there's like two stories up, and yeah. there's 40, 50 guys yeah. on the job You know what's working. interesting? Yeah. That little, that section on the other side of, of, the, of the, um, the, the beach road, whatever, yeah. It, the village, the town, whatever. Yeah. I haven't been there in three years, and I know th there's been a lot of development there. But so when you used to go to that section of town, you felt like you were really way back yeah. in the Midwest someplace in the 50s because you had meat markets and chicken markets and vegetable markets, and you picked out a chicken like my grandmother did 90 years ago, and they would whack the chicken right in front of you and, and box it and put it away. I'm like, whoa, oh, hold on a minute. This is 2017. You can't be doing that stuff. Right? Yeah. But that's what... That village, you know, was doing up until just recently, and I'm sure they still are. But that was the charm of uh, <clears throat> of Tulum, still is. I mean, you know, the beach area is magnificent. Absolutely incredible. Yeah. And if you've never been there, people who are listening, get get out there immediately. Yeah. It's actually, so amazing. And actually, don't forget the jungle. I mean, away the from the beach, cenotes. the jungle, <coughs> jungle and the cenotes are incredible. Yeah. Um, my team and amazing. I are actually going to be launching. A property in Tulum. What? That yep, yeah, a condo uh, development that's attached to the Holistica uh, Yoga Resort, which is phenomenal, and it's all untouched mm -hmm. um, uh, jungle and wildlife. And then at, you go like two minutes outside, and there's just ugly condo buildings going up everywhere. But when you're in that resort, no, not not that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, mine's in. Uh, it's actually a gated you're, community. You're in a it's not in the yeah, town. In it's the, no, not the ugly town, one like your friends. These, a different one. There yeah. are these glass boxes. <laughs> there are glass boxes going up all over Tulum. And oh, I see, but it's that, kind that, of crazy. That, but when you go into like, the jungle. Yeah. yeah. And That's you sort of why I stopped that. I mean, yeah. Welcome to the jungle, well, people. Well, there's things that you have to consider when you're going into the jungle. Like, where do you, where do they get the water? Because well, is it, is it, is it pipe? Oh, like where's Tarzan? Oh, yeah, or, yeah, because a lot of, because so all, of the, all of the, all of the, all of the hotels, they get their water delivered daily. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. if you're not in a community, it's like water is something that you have to. Well, it's, it's going to be in a community because it's already attached to an existing and popular hotel. And a lot of those, like on Beach Road, a lot of those restaurants won't have and water. bars and stuff on the those other side of the road in the lines. jungle. That's all that they get all that water the same way the hotels do. So that's all. That's, that's all kind of cool. But it's a very like different, diverse place. No it's one of the most. I've said for years it was one of my favorite places in all of North America to go for a summer kind of beachy kind of whatever in the wintertime. But it's changed, and I don't want to see glass boxes. And I, you know how I feel about that here in New York City. But I, I just don't want to see that in Tulum. I don't yeah, want to see that yeah. in, in you know these these areas. But 
with that said, it's it's magnificent, and it's one of the greatest places to go. So, so back to New York. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I'm going to stay in Mexico for a little while longer. I'm so oh, I can stay there forever. You well, know. you said earlier, I'm so happy that they're you know thinking about extending the Upper West Side piers and everything because I'll tell you, it's such a it sucks that they closed the boat basin. On, can you uh, explain that? I, I, do we talk about that on the air? Yeah. So uh, they apparently closed the they closed the no. boat base on 79. When? Um, like a few weeks ago. They closed it for the season. It's, no, 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 no. Closed right. permanently. Closed. I've heard that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Closed what? permanently. That's so Why? sad. Someone else might take no it over, idea. but the the operating lease or something ended for the particular. Uh, something exactly. Like that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh my god! Are I the boat's still there. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, Michael's People getting married. Like, Michael's getting old. Oh no. Huh. Christine O'Neill, restaurant? her Christine O'Neill uh, okay. from the Upper West Side office. She, yeah. her husband owns that. <laughs> oh really? Yeah, oh, and Michael's getting very old. I mean, I didn't know that. I thought they just closed for the season because they usually do. No, they just closed. So what are they extending? Oh. So apparently they're in talks to extend the piers up on like 76th on the river. Let's put a radio family um, uh, restaurant there and bar and, and cocktail place, and that would be fantastic, right? I mean, sure. I'm happy <laughs> in my great, business, man. but Manny, sure. Manny's I'll like, I don't go above 23rd Street. <laughs> Down under and over by us. I'll be a side. Yeah, great. Uh, well, look, why. but where did you hear that? Uh, about it, no, it was on, like, you can Google it. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was on the news. Well, uh, West Side Rag had it, too. Yeah. Oh, they did? Yeah. All right, that's what yeah. I missed. Hmm. Um, all right, well, that's the end of that. Just saying. Mm-hmm. I think, I, I don't know. I, I, I think it's... Um, but it, it, are you sure it's permanent? It, no, I, I, I heard that apparently whoever was operating yep, it so it's now permanent. It's permanent. is gone. But I, I heard I, that they're going to try to get to someone Phil's else. To Phil's point, I'm sure someone else yeah. will take it over. Yeah, because but someone else will take it over. Because not, the city leases it out, I guess. The city leases the property to, to Michael so O'Neill, who, okay. who had O'Neill's for many years yeah. uh, on the okay. Upper West Side. So I'm sure someone else will say, hopefully. Here you go, very old or maybe he passed away. I don't remember. But I, I can certainly understand why it, it's not going to continue. But yeah, that's, that's too great of a place to just let go. But I'm just I'm just a huge fan of any of these piers. Like I think that they do so well. Look at the ones in the West Village and Tribeca and DVF is now doing one off of me packing, which like her husband bought her or something. But um, you know all the ones that are by Riverside Boulevard and Waterline Square, like they're so well used and they're so just fantastically done. Yeah. Well, that whole yeah. area. Yeah. You know, well, first of all, <clears throat> that's living on the water. That you know those whole coastal um, neighborhoods and then and, and piers you know only just enhance all that stuff absolutely and then you have the east side park the river park mm-hmm. that's going to be completely torn up and it's practically brand new um, to make it a resiliency park to prevent from flooding right. but the way that they're i mean they're ripping out all these trees that are just these ancient roots that they can't relocate so there's like 90 trees that they're destroying their whereabouts on the east side um, oh, Lower East Side. Oh, yeah, Lower they're going to eventually go from 59th Street, Sutton Place, all yeah. the way up to uh, the mansion, uh, the mayor's mansion. So that's the entire and stretch. They're saying it's going to, right now, they're saying about three and a half years. Oh, wow. Yeah. Right. And they're doing it all at once, which is ridiculous. Yeah. I don't know. Where, where am I going to run, Ari? I'm going to say, you have to run through the streets of Chinatown. <laughs> uh, try oh, that no, one. isn't that? <laughs> you can only it's, hold your breath. It's, it's, called, yeah. it's called two it's good for your breathing. Yes. And breathe through your mouth. <laughs> and how many people are running after you? That's right. Right. Try running through Chinatown without a dumpling. Everyone, it, it's it's a travesty. I mean, I think 
eventually it, it'll just be what it is. Like New Yorkers are so resilient, whatever it is, it is, and you get your head around it. And we have to address climate change. It's and a you major have to address issue. It. Yeah, major I mean, at issue. the end of the day, it's something that's really necessary. Yeah. I mean, I got flooded out of my apartment when I was on Sixth Street during Hurricane Sandy. Oh yeah, you I got it, completely yeah. flooded out. Well, and, that whole area is below sea My whole building now. was shaken, so I had to move out of the apartment and eventually ended up buying my dream home in Seward Park. <laughs> but um, but Queen people, and the Lower people East are side. really, really upset about it. And I mean, I think it'll be great once it's done, but it's going to be a long time of, of just literally uprooting and figuratively. There's so much infrastructure people. stuff coming. I mean, the promenade in Brooklyn Heights, yeah, there's so true. much stuff coming. Yeah. yeah, That's come a long way, but that's also already taken a long time. I mean, I was selling out there in 2008, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they had a little portion of it done, and they were, you know, continuing along the way. Oh, you're talking about the the waterfront park. Waterfront the, park. The yes, promenade exactly. above the park is right. going to be potentially ripped up and changed into a um, into a street because the BQE that's BQE, cantilevered yeah. over the lower portion of the BQE right. is crumbling. Because you have all this infrastructure right, in New York right, City right, that's right. approximately 100 years old, that has approximately a 100-year life cycle, and it's all coming to bear at once. The subway, so the, the promenade. It's going to be ripped up. They're not it's sure exactly what's going to do. There are a bunch that? of different plans. Isn't it going to be elevated? And, and I mean, all those There are like five different plans being bandied around. Nothing has yeah. been decided upon, but there's a decent chance that you know all those mansions that line the promenade, like you see in like billions and all the famous shows, yeah. they're going to have literally a highway in front of them. Because they have to relocate the BQE up there yeah, exactly. on top of the promenade yeah. to deal with the crumbling BQE. How will no. they film billions? I don't know. It's gonna be a, <sighs> well, I mean, very simple. They're going to change. That's a really big well. issue. It's, a, it's a major problem. You know, I've yeah. never watched that show. Not even one episode. No. I don't know where to find it. All these the guy things, Amazon. The guy who's it's, who it's based off of actually just um, he just rented out like ten floors of fifty-five Hudson Yards and apparently built this huge spiral staircase to because you know he's very subdued. Well, you know they're always looking for locations <laughs> to shoot in. And when I had the penthouse on the east side, they My came God. to look at the yeah. They're always scouting yeah. for an episode, and they walked in and said, "Oh, this won't do. It's way too small." I'm thinking, "Excuse me." <laughs> Anyway, a word, Tell from, that our to spot, Jennifer a word from our sponsor, and then we'll be back. A good friend, a new podcast host of Voice America on the Business Channel, has just started a very good show on real estate investing for commercial transactions. James Nelson is a pro and has many, many years in the business, and I'm excited to say I know him, and he has personally invested in sponsoring my show. His commercial will run during our commercial breaks. In the meantime... Uh, his show is called Real Estate Investing Live from New York, and it will provide you with everything you need to know about investing and operating commercial real estate. Although the show is based in New York City, it explores the fundamentals of investing in all asset classes across the nation. These, or there are hundreds, if not thousands, of TV and radio shows that deal with investing in the stock market, and yet almost none that cover exclusively commercial real estate. This is not a get-rich-quick or you know how-to-flip-home show. He will teach you step-by-step how to source, acquire, improve, operate commercial real estate, etc. The show will start with a recap of New York City commercial real estate news, followed by an investor spotlight with a legend in the business, and then feature industry experts covering every aspect of the business. So tune in live to the Voice America Business Channel every Tuesday evening tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern. Uh, and 4 p.m. Pacific, and of course, Voice America will rebroadcast that show at some point tomorrow, and I don't really know the the time. Anyway, stand by. We are live from Smash Studios in Hudson Yards, New York City. You are listening to Good Morning New York. We will be back. War with the panel. Don't go away.
stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. At Halstead, we know that what moves you is important. We're all about the power of transformation. We're revolutionizing the way people live and work. We are agents of change. We are the deal makers. We are the fearless negotiators. We are the future builders. So you can move to what moves you. I'm Jeff Goodman at Halstead, and I love Vince's show. I host a program of my own, but not about real estate. Rediscovering New York is about our city's great neighborhoods, their history, texture, and their current vibe through interviews with historians, business owners, and interesting neighborhood personalities. We're broadcast live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc and available on iTunes, Spotify, and other podcasts. Rediscovering New York with Jeff Goodman. I bring the city's great neighborhoods to life. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Good Morning New York, Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. All right, everybody, we are back, and we're here with Ari Harkov from Halstead, Matthew Cohen from Halstead, Anna Shagalov from Halstead, oh my goodness, Phil Horrigan from FreelyAndLeaseBreak.com, Niall Lundgren from Compass and Jordan Shea from uh, Douglas Element. All right, so let's get to some panel things. The rental market is hot because many would-be buyers are staying out of the sales market where prices are relatively high, price cuts are flat, and inventory is piling up. When and how does this change, and are there any incentive for renters to continue their uh, current leases or to start new ones? So why are people deciding at this moment in time to force, you know, put off um, purchasing and to either renew their leases and stay put or go out and actually find new leases. What is the impetus behind all of this? I think you have a couple factors at play. So first, you have a lot of new rental construction that's happened in the past couple of years. You have higher quality product available. So the gap between condos and rentals isn't as big as it used to be. So I think that's issue number one. Issue number two is you've got a rent-to-buy equation that has flipped more in the favor of renting than buying, which we don't talk about as enough as an industry, but it's a reality. You know, when we used to run numbers like 2009, 2010, 2011, yeah. it was a no-brainer to buy. I mean, there's just no question that buying Gosh, made more sense. Those, those were the days doesn't work that way anymore. Run the numbers between salt and rising real estate taxes like you guys are talking about and everything. It's not, it's a, it's a rental market. Um, and then I think the last piece is there's no urgency or optimism on the part of buyers such that they believe the market will continue to go down on the buy side so they don't have the impetus to buy. So I think you put all that together and it's a perfect storm. So Phil Horgan, I mean, yeah. your business, um, you know, rental, short-term, long-term, whatever, how's it doing? Um, so I have a marketplace, leasebreak.com, and the marketplace itself, I mean, specifically for leasebreak, is doing great. We're kind of like the street easy of seven years ago, but we focus just on the short-term rental market. So that's doing great. So the short-term rentals are definitely becoming more popular, just in general. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of investors are putting money into these short-term rental companies. The Real Deal had a, uh, I guess, an article about this recently. Blue Ground is one. Another one is Sonder. These companies are ra- raising 
hundreds of millions of dollars. The idea is you have an app, you have a phone, you want to be in a place for two months, three months, all furnished. You just use your phone, you check in, you check out. That, according to these companies, is the future. You know, more flexibility. Millennials want flexible living, you know. So um, we're positioned very well because we have a marketplace and that's where people are posting to get traffic. So that, that's great. The rental market itself is strong. I see some of these numbers that show like the highest rental, of, you know, prices of all time. I, I think that's a little, I, I don't actually believe that. An individual person who's renting doesn't necessarily feel that they're paying more than they've ever paid before. Because like Ari was saying, there's a lot of new rental construction out there. So the average prices are higher. So it's kind of shifting the numbers a little bit. Um, but the rental market is definitely stronger, but there's still, you know, 25% of units still have OPs on them, mm -hmm. which is uh, incentives. Um, we're also heading into the slow season now. So you asked before about our landlords doing things that keep people to their leases. Yeah. If you're a landlord and you're looking and your tenants looking to renew between now and February, even beginning of March, you're going to do what you can to try to keep them there, you know, um, because it's the slow season for rentals. Now, Longren, you you represent a lot of things, but the, one of the, the rental situations is the steel building in Williamsburg. Yeah. How how has that um, been doing for a while? It was a little slow. Yeah, it was slow. Um, the deal? whole L train was one of the biggest right. concerns, and mm -hmm. I think uh, Williamsburg in general saw you know decrease in, in a lot of the rents. Um, we're fully occupied now. I don't have any apartments on the market. Um, it's an 85-unit building, so there's a, there's a lot of uh, oh, there were many. Yeah, and there's always wow. a lot of uh, of turnover in, in leases. I can tell you that I've raised the rent roll there, um, you know, over I'd say the last four or five months by at least $5,500 a month. Um, so it's like some apartments getting $800 bumps from what they were getting, you know, pre-L train. Um, you know, in general, on every apartment, you're seeing at least a $100 increase um, from what we've gotten. So it's it's been very it's been very good and and positive for the owner. That's a real tangible difference, though the L train, as 100%. compared to as compared to the rest of the city, where oh, it's a showstopper. It's, it's a gone. complete mm -hmm. showstopper. I mean, the rest of the city uh, rents are are very healthy for the landlords, and it would behoove the tenants to stay as long as they can and and just uh, take the um, one or two percent increases if they can get them. Yeah, absolutely. And we still yeah. have a housing shortage. Sorry, there's more there's more demand than there is supply. So it's yeah. bolstering the rental market. It's just it's simple population numbers. And just the, I just want to mention too the idea that people now could live in Queens and Brooklyn <clears throat> is is really just changing things. I I can't tell you how many people like on lease break when we started seven years ago, nobody would even post these apartments in Bed-Stuy and Crown Heights. And I just see so many apartments posted in those neighborhoods, you know, young millennials yeah, posting yeah. there. And that's just, I think, has changed the market. The fact that people can go to other places yeah. outside of Manhattan. And it's, and it's, and it's cool to go to other exactly, places outside cool. of Manhattan. That's the key. Yeah. You, know, you know, not too many years ago, people did not want to stray from Manhattan or they were coming in. Now you can go back to Brooklyn. And I say back to Brooklyn mm -hmm. because, you know, you know, in the past, and we've talked about this mm -hmm. on the show, people were like, I got to go, I got to go, I got to get to Manhattan. Yeah. Who wants Manhattan? Brooklyn is unbelievable. <laughs> Long Island City, Queens, other areas, you know, it's cool now to live in these outside of Manhattan area. You know, I, I did a, a, a presentation at the Global Summit last week, and I started the talk by saying, you know, these things, these mobile devices that we hold in our hand and we sleep with and we wake up with and whatever, you cert, you want to find a date, mm. you go on your mobile app. You want to find dinner, you go on your mobile app. You want to do anything you want to do. The, the audience was like, oh, my God, wait, where is he going with this? You want to find <laughs> apartments either to rent or to buy, you know, 
It's all right there. People send you listings in the middle of the day that is supposed to be working, and you're getting ding on your and your email. Oh God, it's two o'clock in the afternoon. Isn't this person busy on Wall Street and they're sending me listings? Where are they getting it from? Okay, they're looking at all of these sites. So, the the mobile you know uh, revolution. The technology revolution, hopefully, uh, it's doing what it's supposed to do. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 feel, I feel like I want to be the, the expert and to send stuff to my people. But every time I get an opportunity to look at my email, somebody is sending stuff to me. Not well, a bad yeah, thing. A as, long as, as long as we transact urge. business, it doesn't <laughs> yeah. matter. It's a whole new era. Yeah. Right? But the urgency that Ari was talking about in the rental market, it's very real. You know, I would say that a lot of people who are renting, who are on the fence about buying, um, you know, either try and do it themselves or I think that they a lot of people know a broker and they run it by them. And um, I yeah. can't tell you how many of my clients who rent, you know, they'll they'll call like one of them is in Gotham West. And, you know, two weeks ago they called me because they recently had their second and, you know, they wanted to kind of see what was out there and what the options were and how low they could go and what the market's doing. And so we looked at a few things that week and they decided to renew their lease again because they, you know, feel, and I can't argue with them too much about it, that next year could be very similar to 2016 when, you know, the months before the election were just really dead because of uncertainty. Well, I, think I think there's a lot of that. I think there's yeah. going to be definitely a lot more of that. But I also think that, um, you know, uh, there's going to be a little bit of a, a transition between the end of this year and into next year, but I think as we get to like mid next year, I think it's a—I hate to use the word showstopper, but I think it's going to come to a screeching halt. Anyway, uh, Ari, you know, you mentioned before we talked about at the top of the show in a buyer's market, there are more homes for sale than there are people shopping for them. Okay, there's an overabundance of. Mm-hmm. You know, apartments out there. This means that buyers have the upper hand since there are plenty of other choices out there. But is it a good time to buy? I said this at the top of the show. Just because it's a designated buyer's market doesn't always mean it's a great time for buyers to buy. What do you, I mean, do you think it is? Or do you think it's just a, one of these terminology things that, you know, we'll all get past one day when we get back to a seller's market? Uh, I think it's a very complicated question to answer quickly, Um, but I think a couple of things. So one is buying a home is a mixture of lifestyle and financial decisions. So is it a good financial decision or is it a good lifestyle decision? The first thing I always counsel our clients is think about where you are in your life and what makes sense for you guys as a family, as a couple, as an individual from a pure lifestyle perspective. You're not buying commercial real estate. It's not an income producing asset. You're buying a home. So first think about it as a home. And then you want to think about the financial piece and the realities of you're buying today, you're buying at a lower price point than people have bought in the past couple of years. You're getting more time to take your decision, think about the property, inspect it, come back, look at it, look under the hood, do your diligence, etc. You're getting an interest rate that is typically at or below interest rates that have ever been you know, offered historically. Um, and you have more optionality to look at different homes and educate yourself on the market. So from that perspective, it's a good time to buy. But I think we all have to acknowledge as real estate professionals that the likely scenario is prices will probably be lower next year than they are today. So I don't think your bottom ticking the market per se, but I don't think you can bottom tick the market. So Jordan Shea, do you think that that's part of what we call fear and uncertainty out there? As Ari said, that there's still potentially more to go before we hit the bottom. And as the chairman of our company said last week in, in a talk I heard her say, you know, some people think we're at the bottom and some people say, well, I, you know, I don't know. And, and, and somebody else said, well, we probably will never know when we're at that bottom until we've gone up. until we've started yeah. to go up. So, I mean, do you think that that's what your buyers, for example, are starting to think about? Well, I, I agree with Ari. It's a really complex question and a very complex answer. I would say 
yes and no, to be honest with you. I think that some uh, assets out there have hit the bottom already. I think that they're, it's just correcting itself. The, I, and I really wish that we would stop using sometimes this word correction. And it's just the market becoming more healthy. It's getting well. It's getting better. If we look at some of these buildings that were overvalued and people overpaid, I'm sorry, but you did overpay. And now, and now, and now the price, and 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 now the prices are correcting themselves. Yeah. And we can't help what you owe. Take your vitamins. But we can take your vitamins. It stinks, and unfortunately, it's a big loss for a lot of people in the multiples of millions of dollars. However, you're not going to see a surge or a rebound getting you back that two and a half that you lost because you overpaid to be in the it building. If you want to be in the it building, there's a surcharge. I'm sorry. Well, also, as I already mentioned before, too, it's always a matter of lifestyle. So if you want to be in that it building and this is, you know, something that maps to your lifestyle or your decided lifestyle, I mean, and you have to overpay, you have to overpay. There are many, many people today right now that are going to lose, as you indicated, a lot of money should they sell. I work with a building who, you know, I sold 10 years ago and they can still make money on a resale, but they're all sitting back saying, well, I know I could make money. But I want to make the money that people were making in 2015. And I keep saying, but that's four years ago. And we may never get to those numbers again. <laughs> so now, you know, until and unless they have a gun to their head, they just sit back and, and wait. And listen, I, we're, not, we're not in a market where you can flip out of no. condos or co-ops no. anymore, which we used to be in. And the other inefficiency, and people have like this legacy story about the property they missed out on, it's like the lofts in Soho. That they bought for twenty five thousand well, thirty years ago. I'm sorry, this is not. If you want to buy something today and hold on to it for thirty years, I yeah. promise you, you're going to make that money. Yeah, but you're not going to make ago, it in that five. Was a lot of money. Uh, thirty years ago, that was a lot of money. Hold it for thirty years, and then I promise and so you, you'll make a great amount Soho of money. So as it is today, exactly. Yeah. So find that neighborhood. That. Find right. that neighborhood in Manhattan, which is where people want to buy traditionally. And find that for me. To Jordan's point, how long you're going to hold the property does make a big difference, too. I mean, if you're like, I'm not sure what's going to happen in the next few years, even if it's the perfect apartment that's for you. the broker argument all the time. Right. You yeah, shouldn't so be buying. Yeah. Right. If it's the perfect apartment for you, I don't know if I want to buy, if I'm, if I'm going to be here, I mean, for the next few years, then you probably shouldn't buy. If you're going to be here for the next 10 to 15 years and you know it and you see your dream home and you even if you think the market may go down next year. Buy now. First of all, you're not going to be able to predict what's going to happen exactly. And by the time what could happen is you could wait, and now the market's up 10% before right. you know it. So if you're going to be here for 10 to 15 years, <clears throat> buy now. Right. Right. Only all right. All right. Hold on, everybody. Stand point. by. We're live from Smash Studios in New York. You're listening to Good Morning. I'm sorry. You're listening to Good Morning New York on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. I am Vince Rocco. We are coming back with segment four. Don't go away. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com At Halstead, we know that what moves you is important. We're all about the power of transformation. We're revolutionizing the way people live and work. We are agents of change. We are the deal makers. We are the fearless negotiators. We are the future builders, so you can move to what moves you. I'm Jeff Goodman at Halstead, and I love Vince's show. I host a program of my own, but not about real estate. 
Rediscovering New York is about our city's great neighborhoods, their history, texture, and their current vibe through interviews with historians, business owners, and interesting neighborhood personalities. We're broadcast live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc and available on iTunes, Spotify, and other podcasts. Rediscovering New York with Jeff Goodman. I bring the city's great neighborhoods to life. It's not easy to make it big in New York City. It's even harder to sustain that success for decades. However, two teams have defied those odds due to their formulas for success. Both have all-star rosters performing at the top of their game. Each have an undying commitment to greatness, a willingness to evolve, superior training programs, and ownership that invests heavily in their products. It only seemed natural for the world's most valuable sports brand to partner with Halstead, a market leader in the New York metro area, and now proudly serving as the official luxury real estate firm of the New York Yankees. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. Okay, everybody, we are back to segment four. So here's a story. After more than 200 days on the market, the Soho condo at 22 Mercer Street, owned by Bethany Frankel, one of the New York City housewives, has taken a 5% price cut, its third since July, and is now down to 3995 from 4195 Okay, and our, our dear friend Leonard Sternberg has the listing. This decrease takes the asking price well below the original price that she paid, which was $4.2 million back in 2014. Okay, so as we talked about, the 14-15 marketplace, completely different than it is today. It seems she is willing to take a loss on the apartment just to sell it. This is the third attempt in the past two years. Uh, that she has tried to sell the two-bedroom, two-and-a-half-bath home. It is still priced above what the neighborhood median asking price for a two-bedroom in, in Soho is, which is about $3,172,000. So, will she sell this, and at what price? And how often are you seeing these kinds of price reductions out there? Now, this is a whole different price point. You know, uh, over, you know, I'm saying these days, two and a half, three million dollars is really kind of chugging along, not in a good way. But that's a significant price drop. I mean, I've seen the floor plan. It's not optimal. I would never have bought that floor plan. I don't know what she was thinking about. However, this is the price. Well, these days, my question about that median price number is not to give Bethany Frankel credit is, you know, a lot of West Soho, like Hudson Square is in that number. Mm-hmm. And Hudson Square Soho is very different than Prime Soho. So Correct. when you take into account like 110 Charlton and the new development on Broom that's right next to the tunnel, mm-hmm. you know, you like you have to take those into account and I think um I think that median number should actually be a lot higher because we've extended Soho. But a little the, the too cachet much. of Mercer Street, Matt, do you think that that should keep the price healthy yes. because it is Mercer. Well, as I'm saying, it's more prime Soho than what they yeah, now keep consider in mind, Soho. It's also, it's also Southern Soho, and there's a True. ton of construction, big-time construction now, going yeah. on mm-hmm. around there. 
<laughs> so, um, I mean, it's a very difficult place to live. And it's to a very around. difficult issue. I think it also shows that she, even though she says she wants to unload it, obviously it shows that she doesn't yeah, really want to unload it. Yeah. She's really smart, guys. <laughs> she was, don't worry no, about no, her. No, no, no. She's yeah. very, yeah, very, very smart. She's very smart. That's not that's not what I'm getting at. I'm getting at the point, though, that in, in the marketplace for that price point, whether it's in Soho or anyplace else, you know, people are, and we mentioned this before, taking a lot, uh, a big hit because, you know, they they need, and, and see, I don't even know what, what that right price point should be. But I think to Anna's point, you know, you're always going to have those streets and those blocks that are going to maintain numbers, and that's mm-hmm. not one of them. I think that, you know. I think it will, but I just don't think right now. Right, right. exactly. I'm saying, like, I'm saying blocks and The construction can't last forever. But I'm saying blocks. Canal Street has an upturn coming. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're, I don't know if it's five years, 20 years. But Canal Street, I mean, we've talked about Canal Street on the show before. And, I mean, there's there's a lot to be said for what's what's happening there and what will happen there. So if she can hold out for another five to ten years, she <laughs> might do a little bit better. All right. What's happening in new development these days? New development sales seem to be totally dead. I'm not going to say dead or slow. Totally so dead. What's happening? Did you see the Wall Street Journal article about contract signed volume? Yes. So Wall Street Journal did a very initial. Did you guys see that? They yeah. a very interesting data analysis where they looked at instead of closed sales, which is obviously a totally um, misleading uh, indicator for new developments, they looked yeah, at contract totally signed data. Right. And there's a clear trend line going down, 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 down to this year where I think there have been like 560 contracts signed in Manhattan new developments year to date. 560. Wow. Oh, that's nothing. It's nothing. That's absolutely like nothing. Basically, it's crashing. It's half yeah. of one Manhattan. And then if you factor in like all the concessions and all the other things well, that are being done to make those deals happen, it's it's terrifying. Well, I have to tell you something. The deal that I just lost the other day, you know, the developer, I'm not going to say losing money, but he was willing to slash, uh, not happily, just to make the deal happen because we haven't had a deal in that building in six months. Uh, and e- yeah, and even then, they you know, they say, well, you know, that's it's, it's really not enough. Or it's really not for me. The broker was a real whatever. There's an opportunity right now for bulk uh, purchases. Huge. It's uh, starting to slip in because a lot uh, of the trying to get that done. Yeah. yeah, and a lot of the new developments that are seemingly in doing very well and in contract are now coming up on their termination deadlines because yeah. Department of mm-hmm. Finance and tax lots everything yeah. have been a mess, yeah. and people over. are taking their right of rescission yeah. and backing out. We have buyers backing out of contracts. Really? Oh, people are backing oh, yeah. out left and right. Yeah. Why are they yeah. backing out? Because the market you can retrade. Yeah. The They're backing too. out because they can retrade, and the market's yeah. gone down, and yeah. they feel like they have the upper hand, and they do. They're yeah. getting yeah. offers oh, yeah. from the sponsors like, "We'll cut this. We'll give you this. Like anything to keep." I have trading into the same developer though, the same project. Right, but. Some of them are just saying, you know, I forget it. I'm going to go to the guy down the road because he's desperate to sell and I'll get a better deal. And they get everything back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have to tell you something. I'm looking at prices per square foot. Yeah, it's like 2008 all over again. That if they're not around 1500 or 1400 a square foot, which is dirt cheap, yeah. it's not going to sell. Not even close to sell. And, you know, that's tragic because I don't know how we recover from that in the short term. Forget the long term. It's very scary. It, it's very scary. But I'll tell you, I love that the Wall Street Journal did that, though. Just to just to get off of the negativeness <laughs> of it, um, you know, because there's not enough that is in the public eye, even to brokers. I can't tell you how many brokers I talk to who think that you know what's actually happening is very different than what's being perceived, or vice versa. I mean, you know, a really good example of like a new development that's just that that was doing incredibly well that's now hurting on the DL is like Jardine. Um, that was a very cool project in West Chelsea, and unfortunately, like most projects, they had a lot of construction delays. 
paired with a bad market, paired with all these financing problems. Mm -hmm. And they lost a lot of people who were in contract, um, to Ari's point. And, you know, people like I was walking by with a broker friend of mine who's at Compass and she said to me, oh, like, it's amazing that that building did so well. And I was like, what? Like, not even like quarter sold. I mean, it's it's interesting what perce- you know what's being perceived and what's actuality. It is. And I'm sorry to cut you down, uh, but we've got to close this morning. That is the broadcast for today. Thanks for joining us. You can follow me on Twitter, on Facebook, and on Instagram, at Vince Rocco. Shoot for the moon, everyone. Even if you miss, you'll land among the stars. I still love that expression. Be kind to one another for all of us at Voice America all around the world. Thanks for joining us, and I will see you next time. Okay, Goodbye, everybody. Okay, send us some. Bye. Thanks for tuning in this week. Please join us for another edition of Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco next Tuesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Here's hoping all of your transactions are successful ones.